Groom business. Cool. So, um, all right. I'm ready whenever you are. Fire away, Captain. <clears throat> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monty and Mickey, the Geek Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about a movie that's been anticipated for a long time. Uh, I would say, Mickey, and if if you would like to disagree with me, I, that would be great, great uh, podcast. I disagree. Oh, um, <laughs> the probably the biggest MCU movie or highly anticipated MCU movie since Endgame. Would you would agree with that statement? Oh, for sure. And there, like all the ads and highlights and previews have been comparing it to Endgame, like as the those like the other only two in the the whole MCU that they're really making a comparison of so yeah that's spot on right and of course we're talking about spider-man no way home uh we've it's been what i think two weeks since we watched it we watched in the theaters opening weekend uh obviously if you haven't been living under a rock you if you haven't watched the movie already you've probably been exposed to at least a couple spoilers if not the major spoilers of the movie so um, and eight thousand commercials (laughs) yes and since since we wanted, you know, it's just kind of a timing issue, we would have done this earlier, but there's just been a lot going on at the holidays and whatnot. But bonus, because anybody who was waiting to watch it hasn't been able to watch it, now you can listen to this episode, because here's your spoiler warning for, for the rest of the episode, since we're going to be talking about not only Spider-Man, we're going to probably be talking about a little bit of uh, the Book of Boba Fett, that first episode, we're going to be talking about the end credit scenes of Spider-Man and what that means for the MCU. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where we're going with this episode. It kind of a recap, the kind of talking, you know, future like we usually do with these Marvel movies. Um, so before we go any further, I, I didn't have any uh, new emails from anybody. So we don't have any fan mail. But Mickey, what do we got for kind of in the news type type information? Well, first of all, let's go, fans. Start pretending you care. I know we don't. I know we don't do these podcasts as often as you might want, but um, maybe if you guys start um, letting us know how interested you are, we have more of a fire under our butts. So, come on, fans, let's go. Yeah. So, Monty and Mickey at gmail dot com. M O N T Y M I C K E Y at gmail dot com. If you got any thoughts, questions. You want to know what Mickey's favorite color is? If you want to my know my turn-ons, my turn-offs, how how many horsepower my minivan has, whatever you want to know, uh, Your we're, new we're all my new minivan. Um, let let us know. So, but anyways, without further ado, I feel like you should have like a a sweet like a news anchor nickname, like alliteration, like you know. I don't even know what would be a good, would be a good name. Mickey. We obviously don't have one. Mickey on the move or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's ironic. Okay, in the news. Uh, first thing I see is um, just the, the post is here's what to expect from the Firefly reboot. But basically, it's a point to say that there's going to be a Firefly reboot on Disney+. And that was a very popular show at the time it was on. I've heard so many things about that show. I've never personally watched it. I had neither. David Fillion? Yep. Or Nathan Fillion, sorry. Nathan Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Um, He was the main character in that, and I know people went crazy for it, and it was very, very limited. I want to say it was only like 
two seasons or something. Right. But for what the, what it was, it was like very very popular. So that for I'm a lot a big... of people, I think that'll be a, a you know very popular show. Right. I'm a big fan of Big Bang Theory, and Sheldon Cooper talks about that all the time. How upset he was that it was canceled. So, I mean, right. there you go. That's enough said right there. Right. Exactly. Uh then the next. Basically, uh, the Star Wars show, The Acolyte, that's um, set to come on in the next year, um, says it's um, the Hunger Games star for a lead role they're shooting for. So that's Jennifer. Jennifer uh, Lawrence, really. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, I, I love her anyway. So wanting to watch a Star Wars show and knowing that she isn't, it, it would be amazing to me. I think there's a couple actresses out there that kind of have that like goofy energy or like, but they obviously are talented and can play. And there's sex, there's, there, yeah, there's, there's, you know, like she, she's beautiful and she can play that sex pot role and everything, but she's kind of got that goofy, doesn't take herself too serious side, which I think is even sexier. So, yeah. I mean, like her, uh, the, the type of actresses I'm thinking of are like her, Zoe De Chanel. Yep. Um, even if you've heard like different interviews with um, Billie Eilish. She's a singer, obviously, but she kind of is go- has that goofy energy. Um, there's just a couple. Emma of them out Stone. There. Emma Stone's Emma a very Stone, attractive yeah. woman. She plays a good comedic role all the time. Yes. Um, and then I can't remember her name, but the the girl who's in uh, Parks and Rec, who uh, oh, Amy Poehler. No, well, she would be, but the the other girl that's got the black black hair. She's um. Anyways, Rashida, Rashida Jones. Maybe that's who it was, yeah. But anyways, yeah, so the, all of those characters, you know, it's just, yeah, I like to see them, you know, because you know, especially in the Star Wars movie, they're going to bring that humor. They're going to try to, you know, allow that. Yeah, to you're through, talking so. about Aubrey Plaza. I love her. Yes. She's Aubrey, yeah. yeah. That's, that's who I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, she's got an amazing sense of humor. She's so dry and will just, she throws off any of the talk show hosts when she's on their shows. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. She's hilarious. I, that's She's somebody who I, I would love to go and hang out with. And, oh, and, no kidding, you know, man. Just, yeah. just shoot the shit with. But, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in, 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 did, you, did you even – I think I might have even been the one that posted it. But what do, – do we, did we ever get a recap or what that is supposed to be about? Acolyte? Like what the, what the series – what it centers around or what the plot or um. – I mean, basically, uh, it says it's it's found its lead actor who played in the Hunger Games. Um, it says here to play the let's see the main character is currently known as Aura, and whether this is a new so okay. Um, basically, it says it's little little is known about the project so far, which was announced during Disney Investor Day 2020, described as a mystery thriller that will take the audience into a galaxy of shadowy secrets emerging. Dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. Mm. High Republic era. Okay, right. So that's that's the key right there. That it's a, it takes place before the prequels. It will so. that it will focus on the end of an era, showing fans the downfall as the Republic is infiltrated by the dark side, rather than the glory days, which have already been explored across comics and books. Mm. Nice. Okay. Yeah, sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, so the next post is um, just basically something that we speculated on, maybe not during the podcast, but um, Hawkeye fans think that Laura Bar- Barton, um, Hawkeye's wife, um, as evidenced by the show mostly, 
uh, could be MCU's Mockingbird. I've been reading that about quite a bit lately. And you've you're caught up on Hawkeye. You've had yep, the pleasure of watching. Now, yep. So that Agent Nineteen, that like on the back of that Rolex and the sh- Agent the Shield logo right. on the back of it. That was that's what jewelry. ties all that to yeah her led you know that she would be mocking mocking you which I don't know anything about but it's really interesting to me especially since you just think of her as just like oh that's Hawkeye's wife like you don't think of her as like a you know superhero character or whatever but clearly they had to meet somewhere you know and right apparently it was during their time at Shield well yeah because everybody else they meet is some kind of superhero or a aspiring superhero as that series is alluding to with with his partner even you know right Right. yeah uh the next post is exclusive harrison ford is returning his hand solo in some form or another in the star wars shows most likely yeah and i'd be that's awesome i think that i gotta i'd like to see how that what did they did they some speculated that it might be actually during um either the book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian. Right. Yeah. That's what I've heard the most of. It's like during one of the series, most likely, because I'm pretty sure he's not going to be in any more movies. Yeah. I could see him like a, like a week long commitment to shooting where he's like, yeah, I'll do it, but I'm not going to spend, you know, months on a set anymore. Um, So yeah, that'll be, I'd like to, I'd like to see that happen. And, See how they whether they're going to use that de aging you know technology or if they'll do it closer to the time frame of what his actual age is or how they're going to kind of play that out. So, so then the next subject was just uh, let's see, um, just basically mentioning Hawkeye Easter eggs and stuff. Um. Actually, uh, here's something about Star Wars. Officially announces new Han Solo and Chewbacca series. Hmm. That obviously would have to take place between A New Hope and the Solo movie. Right. Yeah, and the picture shows Harrison Ford and Chewbacca, but I'm guessing it'll be a younger, like you're saying. Right, right. Um. Mandalorian spinoff to deliver Skywalker level surprises in every episode. So that's just more Star Wars stuff. Just basically hyping that, and I, I'm so lo- so looking forward to seeing where that universe goes. Um, I, it was cool to see that because I wasn't sure with the book of Boba Fett that John Favreau and Dave Filoni. I was pretty positive, but to see them producing and all that stuff, they're they're behind all that stuff. So you know, it's going to be just as good as Mandalorian, if not better. You know, so. Right, right, and I guess this is the best of times any. Um, we had talked; you had seen that first episode. What is? I've got some initial thoughts, but what what were your initial thoughts uh, after watching it? Amazing! I first of all, I like that even if it was kind of a flashback. So, well, another spoiler alert, obviously, but um, turns out it was kind of a flashback for him. But I love that right off the bat they're explaining where we last left off with him, where mm-hmm. we saw him. And it's not just, we have to figure out how the hell did he come back to life or whatever They immediately address that. And you know exactly what's going on. I love that. Thank you for answering a question right off the bat. So people don't criticize and speculate and get all confused. I love that. I love taking care of that crap, you know? 
Right. I uh, I liked the added, you know, little flashback to him in the arena and uh, attacking the clones. That was that was almost like surreal to see that in a Disney Plus TV show. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Like and that, that, like you say, you're talking about Favreau and Filoni, who uh, just they love the show so much. They're such huge fans that they're going to consider all that stuff. And you know, it's going to be well done. I, I love it. I'm so excited. Um, I like that dynamic. Like they compared it to like a, uh, Godfather movie and there's a lot of like old Western themes, obviously. And, and, um, Japanese, you know, ninja movies, old Japanese movies, they're kind of a, you know, a influence or not even kind of, they are an influence or were an influence on the original Star Wars movies. So seeing that, you know, still, like I said, where Mandalorian was more of like a, you know, uh, shooter, shoot 'em up, cowboy western. Right, this but it was be more. But those well, elements were there, as you say, along those lines. You know. Yep. This, but I feel like this one's going to be more like a Godfather, underworld gangster type mafia of, type thing. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because um, they're talking about even how how he's taken over in Bib Fortuna, and they mentioned Jabba quite a bit, and basically how he's going to follow in their footsteps or or do better or whatever, but basically they got to go visit all the places where those, those two had influence and, and, you know, they're already addressing that in the first episode. So they're covering all corners right off the bat to set themselves up for the rest of the series. I, those guys are so good at this. I, I yeah. Love and them. I'm, I'm interested too because it's just like, it seemed, I mean, just like with any other movie or TV show where there's like a power struggle or a power vacuum, really. Yeah. It's like interesting to see all the different facets of, you know the different you know people bringing in their tributes for to welcome the new king i mean like you see this stuff in like game of thrones and you see this stuff in like different older movies where it's like the king new king is in power or a baby was born or whatever and like so then all these different factions all these different you know city states that are within the rule of this king come and like give a tribute of xyz you know maybe they're known for their cotton or maybe they're known for their you know horses or whatever that they're going to bring one to them as like a gift and so then you already are seeing whoever the mayor is apparently he didn't show (laughs) up and like that he was expecting a tribute from them and so you know it's it's going to be like like you said like a mafia almost like a political game like it feels like there's going to be a lot of that like mixed in with the like raw action and like you know hand to hand combat and stuff, I right. think there will be a lot of like, oh that person disrespected that person, rubbing now. elbows and then keeping track, keeping score. So yeah, yeah right. Like you, but, you scratch my back, you know, I'll scratch yours, or I'll yep. let you continue to run this underground business, but you have to pay a tax or you know all that well, kind even, of stuff. Even uh, the the female owner of the place that they are visiting in that first episode, they both of both uh, him and his assistant. I can't remember her name. Um, Kinnick Shan. Yeah. Yeah. They get their helmets washed and his comes back with a bunch of coins and, and stuff right. in it, you know, so they're already sucking up to the big boss. So it's, that's right. evidence to what you're saying. Yeah. So anyways, we could, we could probably do a whole episode just on the book. One episode. Yeah. Adventure. Right. Yeah. And eventually, I think we, we it'll be on our list of, you know, we'd want to get to that. But, yeah, the only complaint that I would have about it is just the length. It felt very short. Yeah, right. But it's the first episode, so it keeps you wanting more, I think. Um, yeah. 
Did we 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 haven't we got to discuss the second season of Mandalorian too, don't we? Yes, we do. Yep. Well, we got to get on it. Okay. Yeah. Well, as far as the news, the next thing, um, Daredevil will appear in multiple Disney Plus shows. He's showing yeah. his face already, as we saw in, in the movie we're going to be talking about. But he's yep. appearing more and more now. It looks like. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and him with Kingpin now. You know, with the. the... Uh, Hawkeye series, you know, those two characters are in the same Daredevil TV show, Netflix TV show. So. Right. So, yeah, they're big factors. And like you said, Kingpin's going to be bigger and bigger all the time from the sounds of it. So, other than that, uh, looks like we're kind of caught up on, on everything we've been getting into. So, now we can uh, all right. get on with it. Yeah. So, so to just kind of recap you know, what was leading up to uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. The last that we, we saw them was at the very end. It was the end. I think it was an actual end credit scene of um, Spider-Man Far From Home and where uh, he basically gets framed for Mysterio's death and, and then he gets revealed to be Peter Parker and everybody knows. And then so leading up to this movie, there was a lot of speculation about what was going to happen. And then when the trailers were released, which the whole process of the marketing was very strange or very unique for this. We didn't get a full-blown trailer until like, I want to say like a month and a half before the movie came out. Right, at most. Yeah, because you kept hearing tidbits and stuff like that here and there. But yeah, then when you're actually watching TV and seeing the trailers, it wasn't that far before the movie came out. Well, and then when they did release it, they showed clearly that there was going to be these characters from other Spider-Man movies where, where you're like, okay. Like, How are they going to do that? Yeah, and, and I also, it's like from, you know, the Tom Holland and from the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, those villains. So I guess if it isn't already completely obvious, I mean, those characters, those two Spider-Men, Spider-Men? Spider-Man? It's the plural of Spider-Man. Like the Friends Spider-Man? episode? He's not Jason Spider-Man. <laughs> Right, he's not some Jewish guy in a costume. Um, but clearly, like in my mind, it was like obvious that that, that they were going to show up eventually. Oh um, right, and everybody was, was how everybody speculated that and was hoping. So then, when you saw it come to fruition, like everybody actually clapped, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah, in the movie theater. Yeah. But, um, so there was a lot of hype surrounding this. I think that they were trying to head off any spoilers. I know. Tom Holland was probably like had you know an ear earpiece in at all times like <laughs> shut up shut up shut up you're not but, allowed to talk for the next month and a half but it was kind of funny because in one of their so they released you know the full blown trailer they Ted Zendaya the guy who plays Ned and then Tom Holland all watching the trailer I think it was the first time they were even watching the trailer and they were basically videotaping their reaction to it and so the trailer was edited to remove you know Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire from sure. from the so that it wasn't obvious well you could actually go back and look at that tr- reaction and all of a sudden you see Tom Holland going wait where's to and then he stops <laughs> right he just gets so excited he's so excitable he's like he- wait, wait where's to, to- he just doesn't know how to he can't control himself he gets so excited they're like oh my god you're doing it again yeah (laughs) so anyways but 
so yeah, that's kind of where we we are at, where we're you know starting out this movie. So they did a really good job of kind of recapping, similar to what they did in like Back to the Future one and two, right? They replayed the same footage at the end of one movie and at the beginning of the next movie, right? And so essentially, what happens is they're trying to get in all trying to get into MIT, and they get rejected because of the, you know, media circus surrounding all three of them. Cause all, you know, Ned and MJ and spider and Peter Parker are, you know, all in the spotlight right now and kind of going through that as a part of that, you, you find out that Matt Murdock, their devil is actually in the MCU, which kind of sort of was true, but now is for sure, for sure. True with the TV show daredevil and, he's he's peter parker's lawyer and that's early Um, in the movie that you see that as you're saying yeah yep and that was another like people i think kind of gasped in the movie like oh my gosh um so people who understood who he was yeah right right exactly um so and remember all this takes place in new york city which like i said i think that eventually sometime one of these times we're gonna kind of see a crossover we're gonna find out there's an easter egg between this and the hawkeye series because it kind of supposed to take place around the same time around christmas time um so then they ended up they to just kind of get out of the limelight a little bit they they end up moving in with happy and so it's happy aunt may and peter parker lamp may and happy had actually broken up right before all this happened so it's kind of an awkward situation but they end up, you know, staying with him. And when Peter finds out that they didn't get into MIT, I think it was, it was MIT, right? Yep. Yeah, definitely. Uh, when him and his friends couldn't get in and it was because of that, he goes to Dr. Strange and asks, long story short, he asks for his help to help basically people forget that he was Spider-Man. But then he has all these like, conditions. Well, I don't want MJ to forget or Ned or my aunt or the Avengers. Well, and, and I mean, the point is he feels responsible for preventing them all from having gotten into MIT. That's why he wants to go back and change it so that at least those two get their chance because he feels right. like he's the reason they didn't get to. Yep, exactly. So, and Doctor Strange being who he is, he you know, we we also find out it's kind of a throwaway line, but because he got, you know and during the blip he was you know gone um who's his his partner he ends up being sorcerer supreme um i can't remember his name either yeah the the other guy he was he was fighting an abomination in uh in shang chi the asian Um, guy um wong yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's white (laughs) wong is white um but uh he he's sorcerer supreme now and there's like a lot of kind of dialogue and things going on at that at the sanctum centaurum that i think is going to tie directly into multiverse of madness but anyways essentially the spell kind of gets jacked up and everybody who knew peter parker was spider-man gets brought into their universe and so it's not just you know, people from, you know, the MCU, it's people from Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man and the villains, Holland's, right. Know, the villains. Right. And this is, I mean, this is the the first evidence that you see that these other, um, 
movies and and uh, versions of Spider-Man are being introduced into this movie because you're seeing the villains first and you're like, yep. okay, so our speculation might be right. We're getting all these guys. We got to see. And, you know, and then as you as you're saying, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, seeing, you know, so the, the key phrase or the key wording of the spell was if they knew that Peter Spider-Man was Peter Parker. Yep. So that was the caveat. So anybody who knew Spider-Man was Peter Parker got brought into this universe. Right. Yeah, that's a big point. Yep. Um. So, yeah. So, you know, as as the movie goes along, you have Doc, you have um, Green Goblin, uh, uh, Doctor Strange finds the lizard guy, um, and then eventually, I think, Electro comes into the picture. So the entire point, though, or what what uh, uh, Doctor Strange is trying to do is bring them all together so that he can, you know, put them back into their universe. But what Spider-Man, what Peter Parker kind of discovers is that they all died in their universe. And there's this kind of, you know, theological or not theological, like, you know, this argument about, well, they belong in their universe, but if they go back we're gonna die in their universe and our and, and dr strange's that. point was they died in their universe we can't change we can't change that course of events because it'll screw up all yeah. the different timelines as they are and tom holland's spider-man peter parker was basically saying well if we have a chance to save these guys even if they are villains prevent them from becoming villains shouldn't we take that opportunity yeah exactly um, so they I, kind of what be- I, sorry to interrupt, but I, I like the fact that all these um, these villains from these other Spider-Man movies, the original actors were playing them. I love that. That's so cool. I love that continuity. So you had William Defoe, you had Jamie Fox, you had I forget the other two, but yeah, you had the original guys from from the movie that they they're they're you know respective movies. Right. Um, so then essentially. He's got this like power struggle, and they end up they end up coming up with a plan after he gets this whatever that box is a magic box that you press the button and they all go back to their universe or mm-hmm. the spell or whatever, and so he he kind of traps Doctor Strange in in this other alternate you know universe or you know this area that he can't come back from. So quickly, he he eventually can come back, but they've yeah, they're right, they're buying right. time so that Peter Parker and so that Spider Man can try to save these villains from becoming villains and then dying. Right, and he's he's trying to figure out how he can save all of them, and you know he replaces the chip in Doc Ock, so he has control, and that the basically AI in his you know arms doesn't have control over him and getting him to do things. And like, there's like a basically a big capacitor that he puts on electro. There's all these things that he's trying to do. Well, in the process of that, go wrong. Go figure. (laughs) And Tom Holland's Spider-Man senses that green goblins trying to do something. And then like basically pins him down as like, what are you doing? And he's like, come on guys, why would we want to give up all of our power? Let's live in this universe. You're not going to die. You can do what you want. And then, you know, 
Jamie Foxx's electro is like, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. And then oh, he start... wants to do it more than anybody because he's got his powers are like magnified even in this universe. Exactly. Um, so long story short, they get in a big fight, and Aunt <laughs> May ends up dying. And her last words, of course, were as a variation of "With great power comes responsibility." I forget the exact wording, but what from what I understand is it's actually what they said in the comics so she said right it and we've heard that expression better. over and over but yeah that's kind of where it originated i guess which go off on a tangent here what does that mean is there a uncle ben <laughs> that's my question if aunt may is the uncle ben to this peter parker does does a aunt does an uncle ben exist in the mcu because we see the initials on that like you know uh, leather backpack thing in no way or uh, far from home that's like something Ben Parker. So yeah. there's clearly a Ben Parker somewhere, but what's his story? How'd he die? Why is he in the picture? Right. A lot of questions to be answered. Um, Which I maybe, maybe they left it open ended just because. Well, they just want fans to be able to have something else to contemplate and worry about and piss and moan about. But also, who knows, maybe somehow that will be introduced some other point, which will bring us into another direction altogether. You know, I'm, I'm sure right. they they obviously considered it. Yeah, because exactly. he's talked about from the other Spider-Man movies, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's a big part of the Spider-Man, you know, story. Right. Um. So then you go back to um, MJ and Ned and they're sitting there and basically they have the like, you know, if shit hits the fan, press this button and they'll all go back to their, you know, they have that box, but they also have the slingering and Ned's figuring out that he can actually use it. And that actually surprises Dr. Strange later in the movie, which I think is foreshadowing that he might become like a, you know, sorcerer person or whatever with Dr. Yeah. Strange someday. Yeah. Um, which is cool. But, so he, he's spinning it with the, the sling ring and he goes, show me Peter Parker, right? Or show me Spider-Man or whatever he says. And all of a sudden you'll look through the portal and you look and you're like, that's not Tom Holland's Peter Parker. And then he jumps through and it's Andrew Garfield. And, then and everybody claps. The whole claps, theater got excited. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, that was a really fun moment. Right. See. It was. Just yeah. to see it come to fruition, like everything that we speculated. And the thing is, as much as you speculated and we're expecting it and all, and would have been disappointed if it hadn't happened, I still got goosebumps. It was still, oh, yeah. That moment was still everything that I was hoping it would be, even though it was, it should have been downplayed and, and just kind of over exaggerated because, you know, you, you expected it. And if it wasn't going to happen, you'd have been disappointed, like I said. But it did happen and you were still excited by it. So that, that's cool. That's how good the movie was. Exactly, exactly. So then you have an interaction between them and Andrew Garfield, which was perfect. Like, yeah, just so funny. So like, yeah, I'm Spider-Man. Like, Who are you? And they're like, no, you're not Spider-Man. And they're like figuring it out that he's from a different universe. And, then, and they're kind of awkward and clumsy and goofy and they don't know what right. to say, which is what and, you expect from young guys. And even though Andrew Garfield's a little older version, they're still those their characters are like that, you know. It was like, prove it to me. How are you, how are you Spider-Man? You know, yeah. um, climb up the wall and kill that, that bug in the corner or get them get the cobwebs or whatever. Right. Um, 
so then they're like, okay, well, we want to see the real, the real Peter Parker. So they do it again. Wire steps through, and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, another, another big cheer from the crowd. Um, but what I thought was cool about this time is, and, and it's really cool that they, they, they stayed true to their real, you know, later on in the movie, they're like, you just have web coming out of you. And he's like, yeah, yeah that just happened. They were so both they, in awe of, know, of him being able to do that. Cause yeah. Right. I, I, they I'm manufactured their own. Yeah. So it was just interesting to see that like they stuck with the original canon, so to speak of those movies. Right, and so he walks through, and they're like, "Oh, this isn't this isn't Peter Parker. This isn't Spider Man. Well, who is this guy?" And then eventually, he does, you know, uses webs or whatever. And you're like, "Holy crap! He's he's another Spider Man." And they're like, "Why didn't you? Why aren't you dressed up as Spider Man?" He's like, "I'm not gonna just walk around like Spider Man." <laughs> and Andrew Garfield kind of gives him a look, like, "Yeah, you're probably right." Um, and I so- I also like that those guys were a little, they're more seasoned veterans as Spider Man. Spider Man. There I go saying that again. Um, they're both Spider-Man, but they're a little older because they kind of like, yeah, back when I was your age, I did the same thing. I, I like that that they brought that element to it too, you know? Yeah, yeah, because then directly after that, they go to see Tom Holland Spider-Man, right? And they share stories about it because you know they find out Aunt May died, and they're like, "Yep, Uncle Ben died. Yep, Gwen Stacy died. This is what they said. This is like, and they kind of comparing notes, and they're like, oh well." So the universe has basically created us, or we're, we're a part of this, and we're all different, but we all have, like, very, very similar, you know, I think at even one point, like, at the end of the movie, they're like, so Tom Holland trying to say something, and they're, he's like, yeah, we know, that's just the way we are, you know, and like, right. they're kind of like, you know, almost like twins or triplets, um, but the other line that I liked was like, did you bring you know your spider-man costume or do you just you know are you, what did he say are you just gonna swing around looking like a youth pastor yeah <laughs> says to Tom, yeah to, to toby mcguire <laughs> yeah so so they come up with a plan then to basically lure all of these villains so that they can use the original plan to you know get them to essentially take away their powers or fix them or make them better people whatever um well so they... not, it's it's trying to get them to the point where because their powers have made them you know the, the evil villains they are but it's also trapped them into these lives that they don't even want is essentially what you kind of right. gathered and so they're trying to get them to the point where before their powers went haywire and trapped them into these lives that and they, they, most of them seem appreciative when it actually finally happens right right is that they they're trying to help them so that they don't die in their universe is kind of the, the process or the idea. Right. Um, so, and then as a part of all of that, you get to see, you know, they, they obviously lure them to the Statue of Liberty, which is, you know, they're putting up a under construction America shield and uh, up over the, the flame. And I think they even mentioned that in the Hawkeye, like I think yep. Yelena says something about the, Statue of Liberty under the new Statue of Liberty. Um, when they so, do that in real life, by the way, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. There would be a lot of people upset about that. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> there probably is. That's a good point. Um, and uh, 
But what you get from this is, you know, obviously all these villains come and they, they, have, they have this big fight scene. But really, I think what the most amazing part of this movie or one of the most enjoyable, and it was something that I had said about Endgame, how like, you know, it's like me and you sitting in my basement being like, well, what if Captain America got to to swing Mjolnir? And what if, you know, and so basically it was like these, all these things of like, oh my gosh, that would be so cool if this happened. Well, what if all three Spider-Man showed up same time right and and i with their villains with their their individual villains and so it was just so cool to see them on the big screen swinging at the same time playing off each other working together yeah as a team to to take care of this and it was just so like because individually they're very unique and very like you know they have great personalities and characters but like together, and there is there is distinct so differences. There's distinct oh, differences sure. between the three of them, even though they do obviously have a lot of likenesses, which is right. That's cool. Um, and during during this whole thing, I I just want to point out two more Andrew Garfield directly related things. Um, one, they talked about how you know they fought aliens, both of them did, and then Tom Holland's Spider Man fought aliens in space. And Toby McGuire was like, you went to space? You know, that's awesome. Obviously, Tom Holland's talking about fighting Venom, which was is an alien. And then Andrew Garfield's like, well, I never did any of that. I just fought, you know, normal guys. And they're like, no, you're cool, though. Like, you're yeah, good. Like, you're still it, good. Well, Tom Holland even mentions being an Avenger, and they're like, what's that? What's, what's yeah. Avenger, yeah. And so, basically, I think that was kind of like Sony, the fans, whoever, basically being like, no, Andrew Garfield. You're Tom Holland, or you're Tom Holland. Your Spider Man is a legit Spider Man movie. It was there was good parts of it. You know, don't be down on yourself. It was kind of like weirdly like sidestepping, breaking the fourth wall type of deal, where it was right. like you know basically reiterating that. And then the other your movies was, didn't suck. You're pretty cool too. Yeah, he was a good Spider Man. I think his his movies weren't great, or at least right. the second one was. But it's um, almost like they were trying to save it by saying that. Right. And so then the other thing I want to point out is how MJ starts falling exactly the same way as Gwen Stacy in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And you see Tom Holland's Spider-Man try to go get her, and he gets pushed away by debris. And Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man jumps, and instead of, like, he kind of learned from that, which I'm sure he was just sitting there thinking about that over and over and over in his head, how he could have saved her, how what he could have done better, what he could have done different. And if you notice, he actually he focused on jumping as hard as he could instead of using his web. Like right. he, he focused on getting to her instead of using his web to catch her. And to, and then obviously what happened in Amazing Spider-Man Two with Gwen Stacy dying because she had the whiplash and basically he was that close and then she falls down and smacks her head and dies. So him saving MJ was kind of like a re- that redemption moment that Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man really needed. Got and I think see. he was even like in tears at the, you know. Right. Yeah, it was, kind of a, it. it was a touching moment, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so eventually they were able to, you know, get everybody uh, to, to, you know, basically 
make them better or fix them, whatever. Well, uh, um, one one more thing I want to mention is that Jamie Foxx's Electro actually talks. They even refer to the Spider Verse into the Spider Verse, and he says, I, "I mean, you're from New York and all this stuff. I expected you to be a black Spider Man." Right. Even that was funny. How they they kind of even brought that into it, you know? Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because it definitely leaves it open for a Miles Morales because clearly that's kind of what they were alluding to. Hey. You know, you're you're from the Bronx. You help poor people. Like I just assumed you'd be a black kid. You know. Yeah, and, it was it was kind of funny how he said it because Jamie Fox has that good delivery. He's a comedic actor, but right, know. right. And I guess the last thing, you know, before we talk about like what actually helped them keep, and I guess, you know, big big moment of the movie. But before we get to that, kind of the biggest moment of the movie, or one of the biggest, um, you know. Tom Holland, you know, doesn't strike me as the cold-hearted killer, but because of what happened with Aunt May and how it was, you know, Green Goblin's fault directly. I mean, he was ready to kill him, you know. Like, right. He was well, that and, close. I mean, he, they, they had the whole going into this movie, as you mentioned, from the last one, they the whole world was thinking that he was this horrible killer. Mm-hmm. You know, so, right. uh, yeah, I mean, he obviously isn't, but yeah, so... The, the mentality about that whole character has been twisted a few times now at this right. point. And so he's, you know, he finally gets to the point where he can defeat him and Toby Maguire steps in and stops him from basically killing him with his own, you know, whatever they call it, the hoverboard thing. Like an Anakin and, Skywalker moment, you know, like he's going to yeah. go to the dark side. And, and he's like, basically he gives him a look like, you do not want to do this. Like, trust me, like you don't want to cross this line. Cause they've both been through it and understand the remorse. And they said, it doesn't bring anybody back and you, you have to live with yourself after you've made this huge act. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting too. Cause then because of that, you know, Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield are like these mentor. It's like a mentor relationship almost like, a, right. you know, like you said, we've been through this. We need, we know, you know, the mistakes that we made don't make the same mistakes. And I thought Tom Holland was going to die or uh, Toby Maguire was going to die after that. Cause then uh, William Defoe, you know, Green Goblin does stab him. And then he's yeah. just like, Oh yeah, it's fine. I've been stabbed before. And I'm like, what? right. Yeah. That, that I'm threw like, oh, me okay. off too. I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to kill Toby Maguire. Wait, what? Yeah, and then like you said, then that happens. You're like, what? Well, which is nice because at this point, a lot of the stuff we hope to happen has happened, but it was still very unpredictable throughout the movie. Right. So they were able to give him an antidote or whatever it was. They injected him with to get get rid of basically the like hardcore mental problems that he had. You know, becoming Ring Goblin, but. What they realized then, as also in during all of this, is that, you know, Doctor Strange tries to get them back to their own universes, but in the process, it, like, rips a hole in the multiverse. And so you see these, like, shadows of, like, Scorpion and Rhino and all these, like, other Spider-Man villains. And it really helps to cement the fact that, like, we're not done seeing Spider-Man these implications just like the snap and bringing people back from the snap had major implications on the world. This, you know, movie and the things that they did is going to have major impacts. And the biggest one being that Toby or uh, Tom Holland said, well, make it so nobody knows who I am. Make it so nobody knows that I'm Spider-Man. And that was the key. Spider-Man exists, but they don't know who he is. Nobody does. 
like including his girlfriend uh, MJ or Ned or or his aunt. Well, his aunt's gone now, but yeah, nobody's gonna know. Yep. I mean, even you know, so they so he ends up saving everybody or saving the crack in the universe or crack the multiverse because of that. Right. And so then at the end of the movie, you know, you see him going to Aunt May's grave and Happy's there and he's like, how did you know him? And it just kind of like is this weird, like it's very like sad, but it also just brings up a ton of questions for me. Is like how does this work? Where are we going from here? Because you see him kind of checking into this like rundown you know, New York City apartment and making his own suit because he doesn't, nobody you know, nobody from Stark Enterprise right. knows him anymore. Yep. You know, he doesn't have that relationship with any Avengers. And then he's just got like this police scanner and he's going around like he's still being Spider-Man. You know, he visits MJ, finds out MJ and Ned both get on them, got into MIT. So it's like, you know, this whole thing of like, how is he, you know, where is he going to go from here? Um, and I kept, I kept expecting like with Happy and MJ and Ned, it, they, they made it. I love how they did this. They made it seem like one of them, at least one of them, if not all of them, we're going to go, wait, I have this weird feeling that I know you somehow. Cause uh, they, they just yeah. had that interaction with, he had that interaction with each one of them. You're like, Oh my God, they're going to get it. They're going to get it. They're going to snap on. And, and then, so you're, you're thinking that the whole time and it never happens. I love that. Cause right. I really was thinking one of them's just going to go, I know you somehow, but it didn't happen. So I, I love how they keep you in suspense that way, you know? And then just little Easter eggs. Like, did you notice, um, you notice MJ was wearing that same black Dahlia necklace that, uh, Peter gave her at in uh, Far From Home when they were in Europe. Don't they kind of? Did they even kind of camp the camera work? Even kind of show that a little bit, right? Probably, yeah. Like, yeah. But she, for whatever reason, she has this connection that's like, I, I want to wear this. I don't know where it came. Right. From. She doesn't even know how she got it, but she still got it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Cool so too. that's that's insane. Um, but I guess. It, it leaves it wide open to see, you know, with this multiverse of madness coming out, what's going to happen with that? What's going to happen with the future of Doctor Strange? What's going to happen with the future of Spider-Man? And how is he going to be a part of all and, this? And, and we already and, know there's a fourth Spider-Man movie coming out, as we as we mentioned in the last episode. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'd like to see them integrate Deadpool into the Spider-Man universe, Oh, too. God, yeah. All right. Um, that just makes sense to me. Um, yeah. A lot of people make the confusion that those two look so much alike because they're costumes. Right. Right. Well, I think I think somebody said that I was in a movie and it was like the Deadpool movie, and they're like, "What's Spider-Man do?" I'm like, "You're an idiot." Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I, um, yeah, a guy at work even would say that to me once in a while because he knows how big of a Deadpool fan I am. He's like, "Oh, that's Spider-Man." Like, no, shut up. It's not. It's different. Um, but then that brings me to the first end credit scene. Which is Eddie Brock's Venom. Well, first of Venom all, movies. First of all, a point we both made after the movie was over, um, like, okay, like, do you, you start questioning? Was that is that the end of Spider Man being an Avenger and all that stuff? They don't know him, but as you pointed out, and it, it, it makes sense. Well, they'll just rediscover him as they did the first time. They'll just hey, there's yeah. this flying spider guy who who's saving people, and he's you know, fights for the good and all that stuff. And I think they'll they'll probably just approach him all again and hopefully he develops these relationships with his best friend and his girlfriend again and all that stuff. And Aunt May's gone. But 
I think those those relationships will all develop again like they did the first time. I mean, that's that's right. kind of what you speculate after seeing it, but it's cool that it's open ended like that. Right, like almost like the the leader, the, the next leader of the Avengers will approach him and just like Tony. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. That you know there'll be this kind of you know yeah reintroducing and um, yeah, it also, it'll be it begs, interesting. It it begs the question: What kind of um, uniform or costume is he going to have again now that Tony's not around? Now that um, Iron Man's not around. Well, and he had sewn, you know, you see that at the very end of the movie that he right. sewn. His but new I mean, one. That, but uh, he, but you also saw that the upgrades to his uniform because of Tony Stark. But now that mm-hmm. Tony Stark's not around, what uh, is it going to evolve like that, or is it just going to be the rags that he's wearing already? You know. Well, and from what I understand too, his his new suit that he made himself is actually more comic accurate for whatever that means. Sure. Whatever comic line that was that right, yeah. they're taken from, but. Um, I to think avoid they, criticism. I think in in the meantime, or like as part of this, I think I could see them going with exploring a Gwen Gwen Stacy love interest, or and or a Gwen a Spider Gwen, which is like in an alternate universe. Oh yeah, Gwen Stacy is Spider Woman or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. So I could see them kind of going one of those two ways. I can also see now, um, if we jump to the end credit scene with Eddie Brock and like, hey, he was a part of, he was in Tom Holland's universe, but then he got basically brought back into his own universe, which is like, so what universe is he from? Because there was a Venom in Tobey Maguire's universe. Does this Venom exist in Andrew Garfield's universe? There's a lot of questions about that. Well, um, and and maybe I, maybe these even lead into the more what if episodes, you know? Yeah. Well, and and so a part of the Venom symbiote is left behind on that bar in Mexico because he even says like, "Oh, you know, I, maybe I should go check out the Spider Man because he's getting filled in on events that happened from the bartender." I had to go back and watch like basically on YouTube the end credit scene from Venom. There will be carnage. And the begin at during that end credit, Venom talks about how he's got hive knowledge of millions of years and across multiple universes. And so when things happen with um Doctor Strange and where he pulls everybody who knows Spider Man, it's because Venom knows Spider Man. Right. So he gets pulled into Tom Holland's universe, sees him on TV and was like, Oh, but he's in Mexico. He's not in New York City. Right, exactly. So all of the, all of these villains are, you know, from New York City in the Spider-Man, all the different Spider-Man universes. But because Eddie Brock Venom was in Mexico at the time, he basically pulled into Tom Holland's Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> so right. he just kind of like chills in Mexico for the entire duration of the movie and is just like getting drunk on a beach. He's like, sure. ah, maybe I should go see him. So, yeah, it's um, cool. I mean, they nonchalantly introduce him, like, "Oh yeah, he's another huge character." That, and yeah. I think that that part was missing, and I think a lot of people just assumed that he was a part of the Tom Holland Spider-Man universe. Right. That I, I before I knew much about Venom, and those movies started coming out, like even the first one, which I loved. I'm yet to see um, Let There Be Carnage, which I'm really looking forward to. But I, I always thought it was. He was like a carbon copy of Spider-Man. That's how ignorant I am. Um, yeah. I, the other thing is I wanted to mention before that I kept forgetting um, how they're bringing all this all this new stuff into this MCU 
from all angles. I mean, it would be so cool to write for these, you know, for these this MCU for the this whole universe. But those guys are going to have to keep track of so many more details, and because of the way the criticism with is with the social media and stuff, to keep track. And then, like as we mentioned one other time a, a while back, they want to bring in the X Men and Deadpool, like you said. To keep track of all this stuff and make sure you don't miss anything is going to be next to impossible. So yeah. I hope they can do it. But, man, does it seem like a really tough task, you know? And I guess to that point, um, I mean, if it wasn't abundantly obvious, both of us very much enjoyed this movie. I think oh, it's God. one of I think it's the best. Endgame. Yeah, it's, it's one of the best Marvel movies out there. For sure. But what was and, and I and I compare it I've had this conversation before it's like I compare this to like Inception and what I mean yeah. by that is which um, was another great movie not because Tom Hardy was in it but because right. um it was complicated it had a complex storyline right you got to pay attention yeah you have to pay attention but they never got too far ahead of right. the, themselves that you were just like, what is going on? That's like, the first I, thing I said when I second, came out you know. of it. Yeah, like, I, I love that there's so much going on. And that's, like, even a guy at work who wanted me to tell him, um, Reed, who we've, Reed Schmeck, oh, there you go. There's another shout out to you. We've mentioned him before. He wanted me to talk to him about it because he ended up seeing it later that night, actually. But okay, um, basically, just there's so much going on. But it wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't, oh, mm-hmm. God, it's just it's too hard to follow. I never felt that at all, and I never looked at my watch. It was that good. It was so well done, brought it all together perfectly with so much going on, and yet it was still very easy to follow. I loved it. Yeah, I, I, I think that those types of movies are some of my favorite, where it's like it makes you think it, there's a complex story, but it's right. not overwhelming, and, right. and that's what it was. It was, okay, there's this multi-universe. I don't quite understand it, but I get the – the concept and and they kind of like you know spoon fed you and that's a that's a movie you know plot writing technique too is like dr strange explaining the multiverse to peter parker is also explaining it to the audience you know what i mean like it's a you know like it's like wait a second so how does this work and then there's this one person who doesn't know and they have to explain it to them, and then as a result, the audience understands it now. Well, and, so, and the other the other um, thing is, is I hadn't seen I've seen one Tobey Maguire Spider Man movie, and I hadn't seen any of the Andrew Garfields. But as much as I would have liked to have some of those gaps filled in before, I didn't feel so lost by not having had that knowledge because they kind of explain it as they go along a little bit, at least enough. They shed enough light on that subject to not make you feel totally lost for not having seen those movies, which, you know, it's bad, bad, bad Mickey for not having seen them, but it's cool that I was able to enjoy this and not feel like, Oh man, I got to go back and watch that so I can watch this again. You know? Well, it was funny though. Cause I saw something that was like, hold on. So do I need to watch Spider-Man one, two and three, Spider-Man right. one and two, Spider-Man one and two, and yeah. then all of the Avengers movies to get before I watch this. <laughs> right. Well, and it's with all the MC movies, MCU movies, you kind of feel like you're missing something, but not so much that you feel like I can't watch it if I haven't seen them, which which they always do such a good job of doing. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, I guess, like I said, it, it kind of leads into, you know, there's a Venom in Tom Holland's universe. Um, they've talked about, like, you know, the whole Venom taking over Spider-Man or having that symbiotic relationship. I could see them exploring that plot line where oh, Tom for Holland sure. 
gets you know infected by venom. But like I said, I thought Venom, you know, Tom Hardy's Venom was in you know Tom Holland's universe, and it obviously isn't the case. But then it's like you go and look at these you know previews for like Mor- Morbius, yeah. Mor- and he is he is for sure in Tom Holland's because he interacts with the Vulture. Yep. So who's Michael Keaton? Yep. So segue into in the, that. In the first too, movie. In the, I just want that. to you know also talk about the fact that you know and this I think was one of those in the news things. You know Michael Keaton as Batman will be in another I guess the Batwoman TV show CW TV show, but the whole idea of like bringing in these characters and just retconning it by saying, well, they were just in another universe. Like DC obviously was jumping on that, but in, you know, Spider-Man bit, beat them to the punch, but it's so brilliant. I've said this before. I, I, I will continue to talk about the flash movie and Michael Keaton coming back as Batman, you know, probably even more so than the new Batman movie coming out in March, which I'm super excited about that. But really? That's shocking. <laughs> um, is that it's such a smart move. Like you can explain away so much. Right. And it doesn't feel forced. You can tie up so many loose ends and shut people up, uh, the critics up to some degree. And like you said, you, you also give yourself so many avenues to explore again, as long as you're willing to keep all the details in place. And you know, they must, as you've said, they must have a huge, or I think Reed might even, they must have this huge whiteboard on a huge wall where they have every little detail mapped out so that they don't forget anything with, with media being what it is now and so quick to point out any mistakes. It's gotta be. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they have like a computer program or something designed just for that. I suppose like stupid, not like this, like what if, you know, you just like tree or like spider web of, if I do this, does that counter, you know, and right. You know, obviously algorithms involved and everything. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, that, and then coupled with the multi-verse, multiverse of madness, I'm excited to see that movie. I think that obviously you needed to have watched WandaVision. I think to a certain extent, the what if movies kind of play into, you know, that new movie coming out, but that's what it was. So it was an end credit scene with Venom. And then it was, it was essentially a, it was not even essentially, it was, it was a, a trailer trailer for, for Multiverse of Madness, which I didn't realize was coming out next year already. Right. And I, I, I mean, before you had brought me into this whole MCU, I, there was a few movies I wanted to watch like Ant-Man and Black Panther. Dr. Strange is one of the characters. Cause, cause he was kind of, um, more like out of the ordinary and you just not not as well known not as mainstream so I was always kind of interested and it, his character is so much different than a lot of the other ones being able to play with the with the multiverse and all that stuff and the powers that he's got so I was intrigued by that and now the fact that they're going to start building on it really excites me as, as right. I mean because because they're opening so many different levels with his character, with him being able to go multi-dimensional and all that stuff, you know, it's, it's amazing. And like I said, I, you know, I've was been told or I've heard rumors or been confirmed that it's supposed to be like a horror movie. So I'm excited right. to see how they spin it to be that. And that, I don't that's know, not I, I feel like, right. And I feel like that term might be used a little loosely that sure. you know, maybe there's a jump scare here and there, but I don't know how much it's actually going to be a horror movie, but right. we'll see. But the so. fact that they're willing to, they're they're going outside the box with even like shows like WandaVision was was so different, you know they're 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 showing their capability of doing that, mm-hmm. they're you know 
how versatile they can be. So this the sky's the limit and, and, and they're pushing the limit. I, I love it. It's, it's, it's really good how they're going in this direction. I, and I hope DC can start to learn from, from their course that they've taken with the Marvel, you know? Right. And I guess, I think I've, I've mentioned this before, but I truly believe, I mean, if there was a golden age of comics and, you know, the silver oh. and bronze age and all that, I truly believe that in terms of cinema, in terms of comic book cinema, we're living in like the golden age or however oh, you want to do of cinema. Platinum like age. The plat yeah, platinum, titanium, whatever you want to yeah. say. Vibranium like, age of, of comics, right? Nice. Nice. You know, so <laughs> I mean, I just it it's unreal. I mean, like seven year old me would have been like blown away by some of the things that it's like even to suggest that was possible. I mean, even just Star Wars in general. I mean, right. Star Wars and then Marvel and then DC. I, it's it's for guys like Mickey and I, and I'm sure anybody who's listening to this podcast, it's guys and girls and dogs and cats and everybody who's alive. Um, you're you're all. It all seems like it's just it's it's just exciting. I don't, I don't know how other way to put it. You know. Well, I, I mean, these are blockbuster movies. It's not like oh, it's not. I mean, as huge as Comic Con is. There is, it's a certain demographic, you know, even, even our geeky butts haven't been to one of those yet. Not the, not the major ones like in San Diego, but this is all demographics. I mean, these Mm -hmm. are some of the biggest movies of all time. Yeah. It used to be that you get made fun of if you talked about comic books. Right. Right. Oh, you don't know who Iron Man is? They're so mainstream though. that It's like, oh my God, really? I mean. Yeah, maybe you're a geek to really get into it, but if you don't know who that is, you've been living under a rock. That's how big they've made it. It's just exploded, and it's awesome. Right. The bullies are beating up the kids that don't know about Captain America. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> the other way around. As they're wearing this helmet. Right. right. So, but yeah, so anyways, that's, I mean, I'm really, you know, excited. As per usual, where the MCU's going. I don't have the list in front of me. I, 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 I got to I got to go back because they change it all the time, but I'd, I'd like to maybe in the next episode talk about, and maybe, and maybe that'd be a good like first new year's episode, first episode of the new year. Cause we're recording on December 29th. Hopefully I can get this out in the next day or two, but not having um, done a Christmas episode, I not think. having done a Christmas episode this year. Cause you know, there's other things going on and in, in blame it on COVID it's COVID. Yeah, it's COVID. Yep. I had to wash my hair. Um, <laughs> because of COVID. Yes. Yeah. I got COVID in my hair. Um, but uh, hey, Aaron Rodgers. Um, explains so much. Um, but so <laughs> it really does. I didn't even think of that. I was talking about the COVID toe, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll have to talk about what these upcoming movies are in 2022. It's crazy to even say that next year, like in two days, is 2022. Yeah. No um, kidding. Because the, there's a lot of really, you know, obviously, there's a lot of movies, both DC, Marvel, Star Wars, there's a ton of content coming out next year that's shaping up to be another, I mean, 2021 was amazing, but I think 2022 is going to be right there with it, you know, in oh, terms for sure. of what's coming out. Right. Um, but uh, I guess before we finish, and I, I wanted to talk about this earlier in the movie, but Mickey, what did Santa bring you for Christmas this year? Oh, well, funny you should say that. Um, actually, uh, my favorite present, I got a few collectibles. Um, as we've mentioned in our 
uh, collection episode, um, I've got these little plaster houses and buildings. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. yep. we're in architecture, and I've got a curio cabinet my grandma gave me a long time ago that's just stuffed full of lighthouses and all these David Winter and Ian Fraser and, and the Irish Heritage Collection from Europe that, are, you know, all these beautiful things I've got. Um, we re- recently, on our summer trip, as I mentioned, we went out east and we saw a lot of lighthouses out in Maine. Um, I got another one of those um, depicting one of the main famous main lighthouses. I got that for that collection. Cool. My favorite okay. one of all the st- cool stuff I got, and I got a lot of cool stuff because my mom, I mean, Santa spoils me pretty well, even at my age. But um, I got the full first wave of the Mandalorian set with all characters except the Remnant Stormtrooper, which you have to purchase another item in order to get. But I've done that, and I already received it, so now I have the full set, and that's oh. sucker. That sucker went into one of those display cases you gave me because I saw it on eBay for up to like like 70 bucks. I saw somebody trying to charge 120 bucks for that one action figure. So 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 hold, so backing up a little bit, what Kenner did or what uh, really Hasbro did is they right. released what they call the retro collection, which is, yep. looks almost identical, same style, same articulation as the original Kenner. Not 1970s. to be mistaken for there's a vintage collection too. This right. is the retro collection, which has a big red label right on those same backings that you're talking about that yep. look like the old ones. And now I've got the whole first wave of the Mandalorian Star Wars, including that really hard to get um, remnant stormtrooper. But it's cool that they're using the old flashback, like you said. It's cool that they're going back to the the original figures and, and the back yeah the yeah so clearly the mandalorian didn't exist in 1977 right but they're using that style to create you know a cara dune a mandalorian a boba fett you know all of those characters and so i mean so you were talking about the remnant so you you said you got the remnant stormtrooper like yep you had how to did... pur- you had to purchase um the mandalorian monopoly game oh. and it, it came with that because all i got there's eight characters in this wave, and there's eight, and there's another wave coming out in August 22nd, I believe, which I'll be asking for another present because my birthday is like a month later. So that's perfect timing. Somebody's looking out <laughs> for me. Um, but actually, Boba Fett's in that wave. But um, the, the the last one that I couldn't get because I got eight characters from the thing that my mom bought. I actually sent her a link to buy it for the cheapest she could find it. I got I got two of one character to replace this remnant stormtrooper that you couldn't get unless you buy this monopoly game. Mm. But I had to go, of course, being me, I had to go buy the monopoly game. So now I have that stormtrooper and I got the whole set for the first wave. So, so is that on on a, on a card back? Yep. It is just like all the rest of them, but the only way you can get them is by buying that game. Nice. Cause that's what they do now, but it brings up the value like crazy. Cause like I said, I saw for up to like $120 for just that one character. That's so cool. Yeah, so right. Cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So um, now on to you. I, there was I got a bunch of other cool stuff, but those are the the more geeky things I got. So what did you get for Christmas that you yeah, absolutely love? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I got I got a bunch of stuff. My wife, you know, gave me a lot of really nice presents. Um, my my parents have been giving me, you know, out, they, they always do really well in in, in Christmas. Uh, but you know, I got a couple Black Series uh, action figures. I think. Two, the two that I would say that are my most favorite or the ones that I was looking forward to the most was um, I got the uh, the scout uh, scout trooper on the speeder bike, the white speeder bike from right. the Mandalorian. 
with baby Yoda in the little pouch. Oh um, yeah. So that I'm, I'm really excited about that. It just opens up a lot of opportunities for different, you know, posing and, and action poses and that kind of thing. Um, and then the other one I got is the, um, prototype which he's in all the all white armor um, oh and that's a that's an old figure like they haven't remade that one since like 2014 wow um, so you can kind of tell like the difference in like how they, they've advanced the you know articulation and that kind of thing to be really super geeky about it um so so those two i think were two of my like some of my favorites like as far as the black series, because I got a couple other black series. Figures yeah, some well. loser got you a duplicate gift too. I don't, I don't, not to mention any names. <coughs> Me. Oh. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. We could, we'll figure. I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll have to modify it. Maybe it'll be, you know, some other, you know, character I'll use him for, you know, a custom, custom character. Well, he's a bad, he's a bad guy. So I figured he'd get killed in one of your. Yeah, I could plays, light so him on he, fire and take some right. pictures of him. On then you fire. got the other guy yeah. to back him up. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I also got uh, from you. You remember Ben and Abby, or you remember Abby? Obviously, she's been in a couple episodes. Yep. Her, her, and her husband got me the Darth Vader Lego helmet set. Um, oh, that's so right. You've probably seen those around. Yeah. Um, so that's he awesome. got me that. And then my wife got me, which isn't um, cheap, by the way. That's a hell of a friend you've got there. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't well, get I, you duplicates. He gets you expensive gifts. Well, he he wanted to get me the Infinity Gauntlet. Wow. And he's like, but it was on back order for like six months or something. And I'm like, yeah, that stuff, you know, sells out quick. And does yeah. he know something that he doesn't want to tell you? And that's why he's getting you such outlandish, really cool gifts or something. I have no idea. Is there I mean, bad news coming your way or something? I, I'm hoping that it was like a Black Friday deal or something. I have yeah, right. right. <laughs> um, but so he got me that one. And then my wife got me Scout Trooper one. And yeah. that's, you know. I was I was really excited about you know, both of them are great, but I was really excited about the Scout Trooper because I just I love that helmet style. I think it's just a really cool you know style you know really unique and different compared to normal Stormtrooper. So I uh, been <laughs> grown men know, talking about the toys they got for Christmas. I love it. So then the last couple things that I got that I thought were really interesting is I got two more books and. Mickey knows I got now like almost like a little mini library of Star Wars reference books. Just I got, those, yeah. I got two more. I got one that's like characters specifically. So it's like in alphabetical order, like, you know, C-3PO or, you know, the, you know, general, you know, who, you know, whoever. Grievous, yep. Yeah, somebody, you know, and, and then it gives like little facts about them. So it's kind of like a shortened version of some of the other books that I had, but like more specifically – Here's this character. Here's here's their species. Here's their home world. Here's where what episode, what movies you've seen them in, and then like turn bunch off, of facts about turn them. Off. <laughs> right. they're, and then, they're, but like even facts that you, as you've mentioned before, even in our podcast, facts that you wouldn't have known. They they, they right. elaborate that much on these things in that book. It's it's really cool. You're learning stuff yeah. you never would have learned otherwise. So, like I said, this is a separate book than from the one that we saw. You and I, you know, right. looked at already. Um, but it's it's not just like humanoid characters. It's droids, aliens, and humanoid characters. No I kidding. Great. Um, right. So I got that book from my wife, and then I got a book that was uh, complete locations. So it's like Star Wars universe 
planets and then the locations in those planets and like basically like a cross-section view of like the arena from the clones and like you see the different chambers and like where things are and like it's just so as as an engineer it's just so interesting oh right especially because they don't they, they they make reference to these in the movies and the shows, but they don't elaborate on any of this stuff. So now right. you're getting a clear cut picture about all this stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, the guy that wrote the book, he had a little introduction about. I mean, he works for, you know, he worked on Skywalker Ranch. He worked on the original, you know, the prequel trilogies with George Lucas. What a and how they would like, <laughs> they would put together these and like how he as a kid used to like create these worlds and his mind and like all these drawings and stuff and like well you know you never actually see it on on screen but how does how does you know this tie to this and where was this powered and you know it's very interesting you know that kind of stuff is very similar to like the vehicles book that i have you know because i have the the visual dictionary but then i have the vehicles so i guess i've got you know all these ironically enough all these coffee table books that i can you know we as you know you know the fans that we are or whatever we can you know sit there and be like and i can tab pages you know for an upcoming podcast or whatever and be like oh well you know bib fortuna is actually a character of blah 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 and this is interesting because blah 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 you know for the great facts that we wouldn't know otherwise and and i don't know how much we've addressed it but with these black series guys that you've been getting you you've been making very elaborate displays in this this um display case coffee table you have where you're basically being a director and showing all out scenes well this is going to lead into that in even more detail that you're going to right director of monty no yeah <laughs> can know more and I, I feel like this is a safe space so i can i can share it officially un- unofficially officially now i have an instagram page called coffee table collectibles where it's I awesome mess around check it out there's stuff, so. the, the work you've been doing i swear to, i keep calling you a director and i'm not exaggerating that, that what you're doing with all this stuff and even the way you resource how to make the backdrops and, and the, the other details come to life. It's, it's pretty amazing. These pictures look so realistic. Check it out. It's so cool. He's doing such a great job. And he's even brought in Ryan, his other friend that's been on these podcasts to help out with some of the Photoshopping and all that stuff. So it's, it's really cool. You got to check it out. Well, thank you, Mickey. I appreciate your um, I appreciate compliments. You see it, man. So, yeah. yeah. It's totally well, I, true. I get yeah, I get geeked out about that kind of stuff. So just just a fun another hobby that you know, it's um, awesome. along with three D printing that really lends itself well to you know being able to do that. Right. Uh, with a little bit of paint and super glue and three D printing, I can do you know do a lot of really really cool stuff. Plus, you got something so, in your coffee table to look at. I mean, yeah, it's just, right. there's so many elements that are coming to, coming together when you do this. It's so cool. Yes, absolutely. So, um. I'm trying to think. I know that there was other things that I got. I'm just not. You know, yeah, I'm brain that, farting too. I don't think it was uh, anything collection wise or anything. Yeah, collection wise or like you know pop culture wise. I think those are the the major, the major things that I got are like the noteworthy things. Um, right. Oh, I got the the Funko created a board game that was Back to the Future. My parents got oh. me that, so I gotta gotta check that out because I didn't know much about it, but they know I'm a back to the future fans so so are the um, game pieces like like the keychain funko Pop? no these ones are it's a little bit different uh, funko got they bought either bought a company or got into like the board game making market so this is like it's they're, they're unique 
kind of game pieces, but they're not they're not like pops. I don't think. Oh, okay. So, but either cool. way, I I got I haven't had it. Haven't had a chance to even like look at everything that I've gotten. So, first world, you know, spoiled, you know, you right. know American kid. Like, oh, oh it's just don't have time since, to play with all my toys. It's been a week since Christmas, and I just haven't had the time to even open up everything. So, well, I've got a few yeah. other things going on too, as we've mentioned. Yeah, just a couple. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess anything else that you wanted to bring up in as far as you know, business or as far as the MCU or Spider-Man, anything? I mean, like I said, you know, we don't usually review movies that we hate, so I don't think you're going to see <laughs> a whole lot of. It really sucked. I hated this movie, but right. we, we really did. We really liked this movie, and I, I, it was a, it was like this weird, like wholesome enjoyment. Like you, know, you get excited about certain things, and oh, that was a cool fight scene or whatever. But seeing all three of these Spider-Men, you know, flying through the air, swinging through, you know, working together, it was just something special. There was just something, like, like Mickey said, you get chills. It's just like this weird, like, un, it's like, untangible feeling of like this is so neat that we're living in a time that they are doing this and they're not afraid right. to go out and 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 get these actors back and 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 make it happen, you know. Well, and like like you said, it was the speculation was all there led, leading into it. So typically, when something's built up so much, it never lives up to it. But this movie very much did. I and I I'm still seeing previews for it that say the best MCU movie of all time. And I oh, well. I think the fair comparison, as we already mentioned, was I think Endgame was probably the Super Bowl of the MCU movies so far, which was kind of fitting because that's kind of how that those phases kind of ended. Um, I thought that was the best movie of all of them, which are done. They're they're all great, but I think this one is at least compar- comparable to to Endgame. It's probably right. my favorite one overall. So it was great. Go out yeah. and see it whenever you can. And my wife came with us, and she's a huge Tobey Maguire. She loved those Spider Man movies. So I mean, even she's not completely caught up on all the MCU movies, but she loved it. She thought it was great. It she was thinks, great. She thinks she feels bad for Andrew Garfield. She's like he kind of got a bad rap. But now people, I mean, and you know, I don't know how much some random guy tweeting something that picks up steam and is like popular tweet or goes viral is, makes any difference. But we were talking about adding a third Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie. Oh, really? So people are like, we want it now. Like, let's see yeah. it. Let's, you know, what, introduce make it life. happen. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So um, we'll see where that shakes out or how that, I'm sure, you know, there'll be, you know, things in the future, but. Until next time, we'll we'll just have to kind of you know wait and see you know with anticipation some of the I mean Book of Boba Fett you know we already talked about that that'll that'll help bridge the gap I mean Disney Plus has been doing a really good job of basically spreading out them you know so it's like a Star Wars thing and then a Marvel thing and then well, a Star Wars yeah, thing book, you know like Hawkeye the because the seasons are just so long now Hawkeye was they don't even call it a limited series. I mean, because I think there might be more than one season, but it was only six episodes, and that was last week, and then right the next, the following week, Book of Boba Fett started, so at least you can't piss and moan about Hawkeye being so short too for too long, so yeah, yeah Disney Plus is awesome. Yeah, so that's all I've got. Anything else, Mickey, that you wanted to, you know, we we, we keep talking about it, keeping it under an hour and an hour, right. and we always blow through that. Cause yeah, no too much to talk about. Again. Yeah, uh, no, so. I think like you say, the movie was great. I'm glad um, I got to see it. I, 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 my kid would like to go see it, so I'm hoping I, we can, I can somehow go see it again in the theater before it's done 
being shown because I definitely want to see it again on the big screen just because there's so much going on that you have to see it again. And I want to see it in the, in the, in the uh, best experience you can, you know? So my wife wants to see it again too, which is surprising because she usually, you know, doesn't, you know, I think the only geek out like we and do. I, her and I went to see it twice was end game. So it, you know, she, she loved the movie. And I, like I said, she, she actually wanted to try to go when her family was in town because some of them hadn't seen it yet. So we'll, we'll have to see if we can sneak that in right? sometime. So Yeah, it's awesome. Just go but, go see it if you're, if you're listening and you haven't, go, you got to check it out. Yeah, exactly. If, if, you've, if you're listening and you haven't seen it, then we really screwed up your... <laughs> yeah, if you're, that's screwed. probably true. So You stopped um, listening. If you're listening, you stopped listening a long time ago if you haven't seen it, which doesn't make yeah. any sense, so I'll stop talking. Just time is a flat circle. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so like we always like to say, getting old is mandatory. Growing up is optional. Thanks, guys. <laughs> what kind of creepy person do you have at the end of your show now? <laughs> <laughs>